Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins and everything in between. I'm Benedict and I'm feeling excited. And I'm Benedicta. Today is February 6th. This is episode number 195. And I'm feeling a little anxious because people might just jump into this recording with me <laughs> and I'll be gone. But how are you feeling, Brian? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It is fun to be back. Uh, I'm Brian and I am feeling nostalgic. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Yes. Jeez. Nice. So this is uh, so for... fun. It's so it's so good to see y'all, uh, and we've just for been sure. cracking up in the in the green room here, waiting to go live. We've been laughing and smiling nonstop. <laughs> it's fun to be back. <laughs> I mean, I have a suspicion that on. most of the listeners know you um, from back in the day, but those who don't. So Brian used to be, well, Brian and I started a show years ago. And, in the year uh, 1914, I think it was. 1914, something like that. <laughs> and um, we managed to record an episode every other year. And uh, now, um, I think the last <laughs> time you were on was in March 2022. So it's almost two yeah, years. Almost two years. And uh, we are super excited that you agreed to come back on and uh, yeah, share what you've been up to lately. Super, super great to be back. Um, yeah, that's, that is nuts. I, I didn't realize it had been two years. I thought, I mean, I guess we've chatted, you know, uh, we've, yeah. we've chatted a few times. Um, and maybe I'm just used to whenever we talk, it's being recorded and then put on a <laughs> podcast. <from> somewhere. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it's not I mean, that's memory. the only way we talk, right? Like why talk if it's honestly, not recorded? Yes. If it's not recorded, what's the point? <laughs> I mean, when we all um, get these AI pins that can record nonstop, like, there's no point to sit down and record a podcast. You can just, like, take snippets <sighs> of your daily life and just put it out there as, as a podcast. Sure. Any conversation you have with anybody. I just live stream everything all the time. All the time. Yeah. That, that would be awesome. <laughs> no, nothing will go wrong. <laughs> yeah. We, let's see. You, yeah. You, thanks, uh, thanks for looking up the notes on the last time we did chat. Um, so, yeah, so that was like that was almost two years ago. I was still at GitLab. I mean, it, it feels it feels like an entirely different life ago. Yeah. yeah so, a uh, short summary. The board you know. games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You were. Ju I guess you just started at GitLab back then. Even. Um, yes. You had yeah. recently won the competition, uh, the board game competition, and yep. were in conversations with uh, the publisher about yeah. releasing it and stuff like that. Um, and you were winding down JTBD app and JTBD consulting work. Yes. That's a short summary. Yeah. So I had, so, okay. We talked in March of 22. So it was November, October. Yeah. October or November of 21 when I first started at GitLab and yeah, in March, in March, four months afterwards, I was probably still like, yeah, this is awesome. This will totally work. Um, and I, I would say things things quickly uh, things began to unravel. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of just even a conversation inside the company as well that like you know the old school GitLabbers are bummed 
that like that the old GitLab doesn't really exist anymore, you know, and it's a public company. Legal's got to be involved in everything. You know, the transparency value has to be, you know, uh, heavily, heavily, you know, tampered down for legal purposes, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, and, you know, to their credit, like they went public, they've grown, you know, I'm not sure how many people they have now. Um, But when I was there, it was like 1200 or 1400. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of the people, yeah, yeah. And a hundred percent remote, no office anywhere. Like kudos, kudos, credit, like amazing for all of those accomplishments. Um, and it is just absolutely not a startup. Um, and so just the, the, the degree of, of process and, and slowness and everything, like it just is not my, is not my best not my not my best situation. Anyway, lay, when layoffs came when layoffs came around, basically like one year after we had that conversation, um, not quite a year, um, layoffs came around and they just cut out the entire products product operations department. Um, and I was pissed about it for about an hour, and then you know screw screw them like they like I I know what to do next. Um, I can figure out how to make this work, you know, for me. Um, and uh, yeah. And so I, I just hopped, hopped back into consulting and have been doing that for, you know, coming up on, coming up on a year. So it's, I I mean, it is, gosh, there's so many things I want to say about tech layoffs and, and being laid off the, the the main the main one being like anyone who has experienced a layoff or anyone who's currently like still in the the throes of it man you just have to truly truly believe that it is not personal it has nothing to do with you or your skill set don't let any of that get to you um the number of like people i worked directly with at at gitlab you know, who reached out and were just like, oh, this is, man, that sucks. This is, you were, you know, hey, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Da, 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 da. Um, it, which, which I think in, is, is the case in most cases, <laughs> like just, just don't, just don't let it get to you and keep, keep your head up, stay positive and just do the next right thing. Like it's cause it's freaking crazy out there right now. Yeah. There's been so a lot of that, layoffs th- over the last year. It felt like in second wave right before Christmas. Last two years. I mean, I yeah, there's there years, were less yeah. than there were less than twenty th- is that true? Like I think I feel like it was the last half of twenty two and the first half mm-hmm. of twenty three where the you know, the bar graph really peaks and it's starting to slow down. Um, but they're still coming. I mean it's 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 wild. We're seeing it in Oslo right now and because where we see it is in consultancy or what we can call consultancy, but it's basically contracting agencies yeah. um, or like agencies yeah, with, with like, what is it called? Like argument, like heads for hire, like staff augmentation. Staff it's staff the American word. Yeah. Staff augmentation. And I've seen that a lot of the, the big, big ones and even the smaller ones are like, you know, they're, um, cause you can't really just lay off people in, in Norway, but they are like, um, Put to put to pasture. No, I'm just kidding. What's, what's that? What's the word? Put to pasture is, is an idiom. 
wait, yeah, say what's the, what's, the, what's the word? Permitert. It means that they don't have a job, but it's it's temporary. So they're like temporary hmm. um, laid off. And then like the government steps in, like covers their salary for a while. And um, you're allowed to do that. <clears throat> I don't really know about the legalities, but like you can do that for a while. Um, and then you'll either have to bring them back or do a layoff. But in Norway, if you do layoffs, you're not allowed to hire again for, I think it's a year or two after, after the layoff, you can hire for the same positions. So that's why they do this like in between thing. And I just had a conversation with somebody that the company that I started out at, um, all those years ago, they just did 30% that are now like on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) what what positions do you know so those are mostly all developers yeah interesting and it started so that's like i you might not know this but i was working for a bank like part-time the last year Mm -hmm. so they they got rid of all their almost all their contractors uh right before christmas and then now we're seeing the ripple effects in the agencies you know um kind of seeing that contracts aren't being renewed that they might have thought were like, you know, a certain yeah. a certain thing. Cause they're like, you know, the big bank is almost like the government, right? And and other kinds of mm-hmm. um organizations like that. So interesting. Interesting times. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, the other thing is like, so yeah, I was pissed off for about an hour, wrote about it on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> and like the new emotional like, social media. Yes, like pro- quick, quick processing and screw it. Like I, I know how to be self-employed. We'll just go and make some money now. Um, and let's see, like March, April, May, June, July, August, we're just boom, 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 project, 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 project. It's like, okay, cool. This is great. This is, this is totally working. And Y'all, it's not it's not as if it was like a slow decline in in slowdown in consulting projects and, and inbound leads. It was just like a full on cliff. Like they were there and then they weren't. And so the and so like talking to talking to other talking to other consulting people um, and some other startup folks who are still in my network, like the the vibe is definitely where it's now rippling out to um yeah look we just laid off a bunch of people we're not going to hire an outside consultant for like research work like are you crazy mm-hmm. so i mean they're still out there. like i've got a i have a couple of leads that are like developing mm-hmm. but but just the the degree and the frequency um even though consulting is always lumpy like it's been long enough that okay yeah it's a it, even that is really slowing down um and so, yeah, so that's why I've, I mean, I'm fully, I've been pivoting pretty hard to, okay, let's, let's move away from this like super high touch white glove experience, uh, high ticket, uh, low volume approach. Um, I'll run all your interviews for you. Talk to your CEO, deliver you this report, et cetera, et cetera. Trying now to position things of, Hey, startup team, you're probably sitting on a ton of research, right? Um, that you haven't done anything with in a long time. Uh, give me access to that. And in three days, I'll have like a full on report for you, which I can do with like these AI tools that I've been building um, at a fraction of the cost. But I can do, 
you know, I could do two a day easily. So like, that's what I'm trying to, to pivot over to now is more of an automated service and less of like a high touch consulting offer. So we'll see how that goes. But is that products that you are imagining just using yourself to, to give that more automated service or productized service, or are these products that you, you can also give, give the customers access to? Yeah. Every, every tool that I'm building that I like run in my local environment is something that I can put into job lens. So that's, Mm -hmm. so previously I was working on job lens, jtbd.app, which is a jobs to be done app. And it was fully focused around like, um, running, running surveys, uh, running quantitative surveys. And at the beginning of last year, I had been, I had already been using AI a ton at GitLab um, in like in all sorts of work. And so when the layoff came, I was like, okay, cool. Like um, let's, we'll, we'll get back into consulting. And I was running a project and I was like, you know what? I'm really curious, like how all this, all these insights and like all this stuff that I've got after 12 interviews, what if I had just started in chat GPT with what I knew about the customer and what's, what's the overlap? And even in 3.5, the overlap was like 60, 70%, which is incredible Can, g- given that it, you get there in three minutes compared to <laughs> several weeks. And now with GPT-4, it's even better. Um, my prompting skills are, you know, three times better. Um, and you can build agents that talk back and forth to each other. So it's not just you like multi-shotting the prompt. Like you get a, you get a return from it, hand it over to a different agent who then hands it back, back and back and back. Um, until like you're at the point where, yeah, okay. That's a, that is an above average researcher that does not cost you $15,000 and you can get, you can get good enough results to ha- take action in five minutes. Now, does it I'm miss, just going to go and something? like put myself to bed and take the covers over my head and just like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> figure out what I'm going to do with my life at this point. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like processing all of it, you know, because yeah. like the, the, the thing that's also true Every single time it misses something, I can guarantee you yeah. it always misses something. And within 20 minutes of a follow-up interview with a real person, there's, mm-hmm. there's a new insight. Cool. Like agreed. And, th- and this is like, this is what I see is people who are, you know, really digging in on, you can't use uh, synthetic users to do research this is not like you can't replace the human touch, et cetera, et cetera. Like this is where they're super digging in um, because that is true. What's also true is for people who are not currently doing research for non-consumers because they don't have the expertise or they don't have the budget. This is infinitely better. And doing so something is better than it's, doing the thing, it's better right? than, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. And, and because it's, it's not like, 30% good enough and you've got to be careful not to go off in a total wrong direction. That's just not the case. Um, Benedict, I feel like, I feel like it's like, like no code tools, you know, 
um, like people who don't have expertise in development and don't have the budget to hire an engineer can at least, okay, let's just patch together these three tools and test the idea. You will eventually need to write code. You will have to write production quality, secure code that does a lot of incredible things eventually. But for someone who has an idea and wants to like get it off of the ground, happens like that now. And I, I, think, I just feel like I it's the that, same with research. I think even that has changed though, because I can see through our set us customers that people are patching together these no code tools and will not need to go any further for like their for like okay. their companies yeah. or like their business ideas. I mean, if you're if you're going to create user lists, like at some point you'll need code. Like you can patch together something that sends emails, but for that type of scale, you might you yes. will need to bring in code. But like with the one company I was talking to this this week, it's like they're never going to need the type of scale that tech talks about. Okay. You know, like their customer yeah. base is based onto something physical that they need to like they need to go and acquire a physical thing to get another customer. Yeah. So yeah. at this point, there's 300 customers. And like when I was like, and they were like, we need it to scale. And I was like, but what are we talking about? Like, like in five years, like if you've scaled, like what are we talking about? And they were like, well, <clears throat> you know, in three years, like we're hoping, we're hoping for 900 customers. <laughs> like yeah. this is yeah. like, this is you, like, if you go yeah. to the developer and ask for scale, they are going to build something heavily over-engineered if your scale is 900 customers. Like, I could go in and manually fix your database with 900 customers, just update every yeah. freaking row manually. Like, you know, yeah. like, the the, totally. the the need is just so much lower than, like, what we, as, like, more tech people kind of, like, think about. Yes. So, like, there's yes. a lot of businesses that don't even ever want it, that will ever... <laughs> That will never ever really need a lot of custom co code, um, yeah. So maybe, yeah. like in your case too, like maybe there are companies that will never really need to go out and do anything more than that synthetic thing that you're talking about because I, their business case just doesn't. There's yes. not a case, or it doesn't make sense, like business wise or like money wise. Yeah. Yeah, I I could I could certainly see that. I like the the analogy holds. Like we'll yeah. we'll see. Um and the and the, the more that like the traditional you know agencies and 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 folks like and like career long UX researchers, you know, um the more they tend to the, the that community tends to dig in like that just makes me feel a little bit more like, oh yeah, it's because they, I think potentially they see it as well. Um, they just don't want to. They don't want it to be and, reality. At yeah, at at law at large, and and that makes that makes complete it makes complete sense. Um, but I also think that that doesn't mean that research is going away or that researchers are going away. It just means that the the job is going to be completely completely different in a few years in the same way that 
you know, a salesperson before the internet and after the internet, like the job, like salespeople still Mm -hmm. exist. And, but the job is fundamentally different um, in so many ways, you know, tactically different, strategically the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I think the same will be true for designers and writers and engineers and researchers after AI. But what I'm wondering is like, where will these, because what you're saying is like, okay, you can get the like the AI to do a lot of the basic, like they're a decent researcher, yeah, but they're yeah. not like a really good researcher. Where will the people we need at the senior level get their experience? Like if they can never be junior researchers or like junior developers, because like that can be, you know, junior dev stuff can be done by no code yeah. tools and junior researching can be done by AI. Yeah. Like how will people kind of gain the, the skill level that we need to have if they, well, I think you're, I don't know. I I mean, I think you're good. Yeah. Go ahead, Benedict. I think it's just going to like be better at the junior stuff. Right. I mean, what you're saying assumes that the senior level requires different knowledge um, like that's based on the old ways, mm. whereas like the senior levels based on AI or whatever other technology just might be something different, right? I mean, I remember people used to say that like you have to be extra good at math and like math theory and stuff mm. like that to become a programmer or even you have to really know how to work with memory and like allocate and, <laughs> and reference <laughs> and whatnot. And honestly, like in my day to day, for the most part it's not an issue right so i i guess it's just it's another layer of abstraction and you gain seniority on that different layer and um i mean at some point you probably start peeling off like one layer and like dig down and maybe read a book or two uh but uh, i guess it's just going to be on a different like as brian said like it's going to be on a different different level or just like different different tactics i guess yeah yeah and probably fewer people at least that that's what my feeling is here for developers that most of the places are looking for a few like a few what they're looking for right now in oslo at least is like a few seniors instead of like a bunch of juniors. Like usually the yeah. the model was like getting in like a lot of juniors and then like one or two seniors and like that was the team. But now they're more like, well, you know, with the tools we have, you could probably get the same job done with like two seniors alone. Um, so then there will be less of the pyramid. Like most consultancy work, like McKinsey work on like that model where you have like a lot of, minions <laughs> and then they kind of lose their job at some point because they don't progress up them up to the top of the like mckinsey py- pyramid um so maybe we'll just like need less down here and like more people like will go all like go all the way instead of just having like so many people because i think like the juniors in mckinsey are basically researchers like they do all of the it's like all of like hands-on work that mm-hmm. I guess that could be replaced yeah. and they like have to make their dues. Otherwise they're not allowed to move up the, move up the 
the pyramid in food McKinsey. chain. <laughs> food chain, yeah. Um, I mean, who who knows what it'll look like? We don't have to go down this path. You know, it was just me. In, I've been trying to ignore it. It. <laughs> it 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 makes sense to me that that teams will be smaller, but but then that would you know ideally that means that there are more companies with teams so Mm -hmm. more more companies who have smaller teams because you can do more with less and then over however many you know over a decade of a cycle (laughs) that that will get integrated and teams will you know companies will build back up because you know things that we can't envision or imagine right now are gonna Mm -hmm. are gonna develop but um yeah it's gonna i think it'll change uh everything so back to job lens (laughs) or jobs to be done yes so yeah. After my little tangent yeah. on do we even have the right to exist anymore? <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite topics right now. Um, yeah. So, so basically, yes. Any any tools that I am building for to to do that consulting work, I can and do integrate into into Joblens because the idea would be, you know, okay, cool. You don't you don't even want to pay. You don't even want to hire me for you know two thousand dollars to do this work. Okay, cool for. Um, you know, 50 bucks a month, you can sign up for job lens and, um, and do, and do that with less, you know, specificity, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it will be in there or it already is in there. So you can do research from the ground up, you can upload transcripts and it'll extract all these insights for you, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, that's basically what I'm trying to, to go to is, lower lower ticket higher volume service for research that already exists and then through that building the building the functionality into job lens so but can i do it all through job lens like do a survey through job lens and then go through your through the other can't do a survey can't do a survey yet like um with within within job lens like that would yeah not not trying to make an assumption but to get to get the entire workflow done, to get the whole job done, it would eventually need for the user to be able to say, this job, this job performer, these 20 desired outcome statements, create a survey that then I can use user list to just email all of my people to go take this, you know, go to this URL, take this survey, and boom, by the end of the week, you've done a, an entire jobs to be done research project for $50. That's insane. But that's where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, jobs to be done is not big enough. It will eventually need to be a user research project in a week. Um, but but right now that's the that's the vision. Could you get like an AI agent to interview the user? There there are already there are some that exist and I uh, right, right now they're they're not quite there. Like mm-hmm. I have absolutely zero doubt. I will put my life savings on this. That will happen, and it'll probably happen within like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Where, yes, you could have a you you could have an AI agent conduct an interview that is in like the top five percent of any human you could ever hire to do that work. Yes, that will happen, and it'll happen quick. And then you won't have the problem that I have, that I just start talking in a user interview. <laughs> 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 we 
because I get excited. Yeah. And then like yeah. the user interview process is kind of lost. Pollute. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes or polluted, polluted by yeah. your, yeah. It becomes polluted by your bias or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that's what, that's what makes professional researchers really good. Um, and you can instruct and train a model to follow that same behavior. Like it's just, it's not, uh, it's not impossible. But a step so. on the way, cause I have some cousins who's do, who are doing some AI stuff, you know, cause that's, that's what younger cousins do these days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're working on like sales enabling. So while I'm trying yeah. to sell somebody yeah. on the phone, the, 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 whatever they're like making will make sure that you're hitting the points. So it's yeah. listening in and then it's like highlighting what you haven't said or where you should go next. It's like, it's helping right. you along the way. So yeah. I could see like a, between what we were talking about and where we're at now, like you could make something like that for me where it says just like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and then like now talk. <laughs> And then like prompt me with my next like possible three questions because I've done and I've managed to actually not talk in some of these interviews, but I have a hard time like you have that sheet and it's like, you know, which question should I like put in now? I like have yeah. a sheet in front of me and I'm like, yeah, and then I get so like hung up on that that I forget to listen. Hmm. You know, it's it's but if I could have like a little bit of help next to the interview, like with the questions that I want to hit and then they get kind of marked as I hit them and then kind of or maybe the transcription is then connected to those things I wanted to hit and also then have that like I think Michelle deploy empathy has that like reaching for yep. the door question and then you're supposed to shut up for like a very uncomfortable yeah. amount of time there could yep. be a little timer that's like <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's really interesting you would you would you would rather have a guide who's like listening in like an AI agent who's listening in and giving you recommendations rather than an AI agent to just run the interview for you. I mean, I would love the last part, but like if that is not possible within the next year or year and a half, then I, I like, feel like it will be that that will be possible in about the amount of time it takes to do the first thing that you're asking okay. for. Really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, maybe. But also, I, I mean, I'm being a little hyperbolic, but but also, yeah. but I, but I, I do mean that. But I think I there could be a case for both because there is a little bit about that that human human touch. Even you know, like if I was if I was going to be interviewed, I would rather be interviewed by the person making the thing than an AI yeah. agent. Yeah. But if you could then yeah. like superpower me to actually not suck at these interviews then yeah that would be very helpful and it's also a case yeah. for it being marketing michelle makes that in the book as well like in deploy empathy like talking to your users like they get more engaged in yes. your product so it's like a good yes. way to also like get a little bit of that marketing yeah effect yeah which i yeah. don't think an ai bot would no i mean i i think like <laughs> at 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 scale um, it it will be mostly AI bots running mm -hmm. the interviews. But mm -hmm. yeah, if for for smaller companies, like yeah, it makes sense that you would rather hire a guide. Um, and your users would rather you would rather speak to a guide. 
especially if you're doing the whole hey we're a small team thing mm-hmm. um thanks for thanks talk for signing up like hey i'm brian <laughs> oh by the way will you talk to marvin you know over here um because i don't have to like yeah that's not gonna that's not gonna fly that's a good point that's a really great no. point no yeah let me know when you have it i'll start making <laughs> interviews again oh man that is really fascinating okay so huh. where are you at with uh, huh. jobs lens uh, job job lens uh at yes. the moment so it's yeah, up and it's running like, you've got some paying customers it's up and running paying paying customers like hovering right around like the 500 mrr like as soon as as soon as i'm like okay one more monthly then someone will churn out you know it's just like mm-hmm. it, it's right it's right there um so uh but it, i'm i'm still not doing a ton of like active marketing for it if like people discover it either shockingly through seo like if you search for jobs to be done and and ai job lens is is up there or just passively through linkedin like i comment or you know post all the time about either jobs to be done or ai or jobs to be done plus ai and then people find it through my through my profile so i'm not i'm not actively marketing it or promoting it just yet um it's it's got you know it it's it's still got a little ways to go like it's functional like you can get i mean i have people who are using it like crazy um and then some you know some users who sign up log in once or twice and then you know cancel so like figuring out the you know connecting that the 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 gap in there of okay why is this person so activated what's all the value they're getting out of it that this person just isn't seeing yet so trying to get trying to get yeah trying to get people on the phone with me (laughs) um (laughs) uh to do to do the to do the user research and to do the customer research um that's that's do you find it harder to do it for yourself than for co- clients? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's not just harder. because because we're not trained. It's because we're doing it for our own products. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's a huge value in hiring an outside person is that they don't have any, they don't have any bias. They don't have like, oh, well, we tried that before type of stuff or like, <laughs> or like baked in assumptions and an idea. Uh, um, that's why it's super valuable to, you know, to hire somebody outside. But um, yeah, so it's it's much harder to do that to do that for myself, um, and it just gets so meta too when you're doing a jobs to be done interview about the jobs to be done process, <laughs> you know, because the person you're interviewing is also highly biased, you know, because they are they're like jobs to be done people. You are hiring a you're you're interviewing a jobs to be done practitioner about. They're, and they're like, well, and start talking like in the terms, and you're just like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, this is this is getting. <laughs> we're like, we're in the thir- we're in the third act of inception right now. Um, so, and anyway, but it's, it's coming along. It probably also becomes hard to tell if they're like, because they know, like, they know the process. <laughs> you have to still make sure that they're actually telling what they actually do, not what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Right. And then they they end up reviewing you and like you're yeah. doing this so, entirely wrong. <laughs> you shouldn't ask <laughs> the question like this. <laughs> I've, you didn't I've ask had... me this question, so I'll ask ask and answer. Yeah. 
<laughs> I had I had one of those. Um and it was it was just really, really funny. I mean, in the, at the end, it, it really is just like, okay, what is the outcome that, mm-hmm. that they're that they're looking for? And mm-hmm. so just trying to get to, trying to get to that. Um, but that's yeah, that's where it is. I mean, development development is kind of, you know, like going along slow and steady. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, cause I'll develop these tools for a, you know, for a project, um, or to share some free resource on LinkedIn for marketing and like, okay, cool. That's a feature, you know, that's totally mm-hmm. something I can, I can build in. And so it's the thing, everything like those things are synergizing really, really well. It's just that consulting isn't bringing in as much as it needs to in order for me to feel like fully focused on it. Um, so that's like where I'm trying to figure out, okay, do I try to pitch to a startup studio or um, yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's, that's where it's all at. Well, this is, I got excited <laughs> about space. it now. <laughs> first time i've been a little bit like positively excited about ai yeah <laughs> i mean i've i there was this book um it's called the age of spiritual machines by ray kurzweil who okay. who now is famous like he's like the ai guy at at google or alphabet or whatever they're mm-hmm. called um and when i was like 19 years old this band our lady peace canadian band um they had like a couple of like radio hits but they were they were a legitimately good band they had an album called The Age of Spiritual Machines. And I was like, huh, what's this about? And so it was Ray Kurzweil's book that came out in like 98, 99. And the whole thing is about AI and about how as you know, we make machines becoming become more like us, we will also become more like the machines until eventually, you know, it's there's a new species on Earth and it's they're indiscernible from blah, blah, blah. And like it scared the hell out of me. It just, it was, it was, it sounded so dystopian and, and terrible. And like, my wife will tell you like from, you know, our mid twenties and on, I've always just been saying they're coming, like, just get ready. Like it's, it's, it's happening. Everything he says in this book, I mean, to a degree, like it, it's been debunked in, in a number of ways, but in some important ways, he's mm-hmm. fully true. It's fully right. And so I think I've also just had like a long time to be thinking about when we create a new species, like when we're, when we are now on planet earth with another, like a species that's as, and as intelligent or more intelligent than us, what's that going to be like? And I honestly believe it's happening and it's, it's okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> um, is it? it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just becoming, I think we it have is. that like as a snippet somewhere where I'm like, I'm becoming more and more of like a Luddite. I'm like yeah. everything in my house with like buttons yeah. that I can like move. Like I don't, I don't want anything yeah. to not work because I don't have internet yeah. or like battery power, but I guess I'm right. connected to the electricity. <laughs> so I live in a city <laughs> at some point I'll just move, become one of those preppers and move into the woods and be like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm yeah. not that bad. It's I think it's more my my like luditism or whatever we want to call it <laughs> is more about like everyday life where I was just like I don't want to debug my light switch. I just want it 
Yes. To work. Thank you. Um, Gosh. Right. And I don't want an AI to like guess if I'm in the room or not. Like I might be in the room yes. and I want to turn it off. Like there, there are like situations where um, at least I want to override things. But then on the other hand, like I do see even in my, you know, I turned on co-pilot and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you see like it being like a tool that helps you along and somebody you can ID generate with, you know, the few times I go into chat, yeah. it's mostly to just like, you know, kick around an ID or like get some different yep. phrasings or that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, and I think it's as a tool, you know, it's interesting, but I don't, I haven't felt that like enlightened, like we're, we're some, like where it's like, you know, this will, like you're saying like species, like this will like solve everything. And like, I, I don't, I don't feel that in any way. I'm not saying just, it's like, going to solve anything. anything. <laughs> okay, like, it's just, it's going to be very, very different. And like yeah. the, fu the fundamental challenge of the human condition is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. It's just that like the tools around us are, yeah. they're changing. They're going to change. And, and I think people should talk about it yeah. more as a tool and not, I feel, but this is always happens in Norway. Like when the, yeah. I was around when like app was the thing, you know, like every company wanted an app and it's <laughs> like, an what are you going to use the app yeah. for? Like, like, you know, what is the outcome you're, you're looking for? Which usually was, I want to brag to my friend at the golf course. Like if you <laughs> got them to the point where they would admit why they wanted an app, that was what they wanted. Hmm. Like, because then they would be, cooler than the other CEO that had an app. <clears throat> and mm. at this moment in Oslo, I feel like AI is there where every company wants to brag about doing something AI without like look, you know, like the hammer looking for the, the problem. So I'm not like, I can't get excited about it because like, you know, what are you trying to solve? And that's why I think I got excited when you talked about it because it's like, well, this, you know, this is what I'm trying to solve and AI can help us 70% yeah. there. And then we need a human component or like it can help smaller. It, yeah. Because you have it the right way around and it's like, oh, this is interesting. It's, but the conversation that I'm hearing, which is like, we need AI. <laughs> I'm like, <sighs> and then usually what they need is just like a good old fashioned, like algorithm with like Process maybe three the, yeah. if else yeah. like that's what they are yeah. actually asking for but like how they're asking for it is is like we need some ai <laughs> it's like, no you don't <laughs> yeah i can see that yeah but fun fact the norwegian national gallery just launched their um semantic search through um open ai so that you can search all of the collection using natural language which i think is kind of cool that's amazing. Yeah. That is very, very cool. And it's because it's open. Because somebody asked, like, well, what about, you know, the, do you want to send all of the collection to OpenAI? And they were like, the, the, the service we're using is not supposed to train on our data. But we're quite certain they already scraped our data. Because <laughs> they, <laughs> when they were, like, testing it, they were like, they were like, okay, they already have. They already have this collection because it's in an open database. So of course, it's already been mm -hmm. chucked in there. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. but I like the the way the guy framed it. Like their senior architect, he was like, "They already got it. So <laughs> why not? <laughs> <sighs> why not pay them so we can access our own data?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
No, but we are, at least in Norway, there has been a lot of, we've come a long way the last 10 years about whatever is paid for by kind of the government should be open. So, you hmm. know, all of the travel data is collected, at least is centralized, and then um, services are created that small travel companies around the country can then use, and they don't have to, like, rebuild that themselves. Cool. Um, all of yeah. the map, all of the, like, map geodata was was like open uh yeah. opened a couple of years ago the national gallery is all kind of open in a database that anybody can like mm-hmm. use um so that's, that's reasonable that, logical governance what's that what's that feel like as an american what's it feel like to have <laughs> let's not go down that route <laughs> reasonable governance. let's not go down that route but it feels Okay. Well, there's no, that is, that bad is, stuff going of course, on right now. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Yes. So, with our government. Well, so <sighs> let's just stay there. <laughs> stay in the tech square. Um, but I do, so, I do enjoy that they've, they've done, they've opened a lot of these um, APIs. I think that is, is, is really good. Um, and we're yeah. starting to see some Sensible. benefits from it. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask about um, is how's your game going? Like how's yeah. backpack going? Yeah, are you so using AI last... to create it? Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> the last time, the last time we we talked, we had won that contest. We were, I think, I said in talks with the board game publishing company, but slow. Um, they they dragged us they dragged us on for a while ended up just giving us the the prize money and didn't publish the didn't publish the game, um, which at the time was super. It was like really disappointing. It was like a, a big bummer. The more and more that we've continued to watch that particular publishing company, like that was actually. I mean, on the one hand, it was a gift because they're like they don't have a very good reputation. In, in terms of like customer service and taking care of their designers and stuff. Um, but on the other, like we, you know, we haven't, we haven't published the game publicly. Like Graham and I each have a really nice uh, printed copy um, for ourselves. Um, that like anytime we play it, we're like, Oh yeah, that actually needs to be tweaked just a little bit. Like, so there's still stuff in it that needs to be better or that needs, that needs work. But we basically got to the point where let's let's do a revision. Let's get some artwork. We each have a really nice version of it on our board game shelves. And like that's 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 good enough for right now. We did use Mid Journey for all of the artwork, which um, which is a insanely hot topic in in board game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I. I in a lot of like in a lot of places, but but it's it's particularly uh, particularly contentious in in board game in the board game community right now as to whether or not even like amateur unpublished designers should even be supporting it. So, um, but it, boy, it sure makes our copy look really really nice. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's well, where that's at. Maybe twenty twenty four, we should all get together and play your game. That would be amazing. Because um, that, that would probably yeah. mean that I would be in Europe, which I am always game for. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's let's remain in touch on that. Um, <laughs> you get yourself you to, to Europe. We'll get. I could come to MicroConf Europe, where you are at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, we were working on another, uh, Graham and I were working on another game about like bee colonies, um, that we also got to a really good place. Um, and we each have a, a copy of that. Um, like it, it's, that's, that's kind of where the, uh, kind of where that, where, where that is at is that I've got a handful of things that I tinker on, um, but not putting any like, yeah, just just not putting any pressure on myself to get it, like to actually get it published. It would be that would be really really cool. But the bottom line is that like, I mean, you get it published, and maybe you make like all time like twenty eight hundred dollars. Like they're, mm. you know, there it's it's a lot like mm. publishing where J.K. Rowling makes a hundred billion dollars, and some people make a little bit you know, less than that. And then almost nobody else makes, makes real money. So it's, it's, it's not at all like, Oh, Hey, if we want to make this like a profession, like if this is our vocation, we got to go for it. Like you're just playing the lottery so that that cannot be the motivation. So the motivation is to design games, play games and have fun. And so that's what I'm still doing. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome though. Like, I mean, it sounds at least like you got the fun part covered, right? Like, uh, oh, a hundred percent of the fun part. Yeah, that's one hundred percent of the fun part. And then, <laughs> yeah, to get it published, there's probably another ninety percent, but it's maybe ten percent of the fun. <laughs> yeah, the, because because realistically, like the thing that whenever we do sort of okay, do we want to do we want to go for it? Would be Kickstarter, and mm. that is a part. That's a part time job, and oh yeah, and. And some of them are just horror stories. Some of them are amazing and it ends up creating a new, you know, publishing company. Um, but we're, we're both just like, eh, I am like, do you have time for another part-time job right now? No. Cool. Then why, why would we do that to ourselves? Like, let's, let's hold off. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a room and we need to get more comfortable with that, with our AI overlords to just have hobbies. Like, yeah. what are we going to do with yeah. our time? Yes. You know, and just having a hobby and not monetize it yeah. is. Yeah. And I find that hard because a lot of my hobbies is things that are very close to what I do <laughs> for money. Like if you code yes. something fun, like, oh, it should, you know, it's, it's business right away. But like learning to say that, no, this is a, this is a hobby project. Like this is for fun, yes. for relaxation, for, you know, those artistic needs that you might have yes and just let it be a hobby like i think that is such a good observation and like a good thing to put out there like even in this conversation like there's a part of me that feels some unspoken pressure to talk to do position something. this thing as some kind of yeah it's like is it some kind of success or what'd you do with it or like what was the you know what the end result is that it's in a cool looking box on my board game shelf that's that's the end of the story you know and we are we are also just because we're entrepreneurial minded and you know that's part of it and it's also like the water we swim in that everything has to be monetized and everything has to be productive and for some kind of reason rather than just yeah and i have a lot of friends we're like i'm just gonna say because i have a lot of friends who knit and that is mm. never a viable business. It's <laughs> so expensive. Like the, the the yarn is so expensive. Like if yeah. you knit some something and you s- hand knit something and you sell it, it's like if you can get your material costs back, you're lucky. 
and mm. they still do it because it's a hobby that they yeah. get a lot of joy out of and some of them yes. get to wear stuff that they've made in the same yeah. way that you are playing the board game that you made and yeah. for a while people were like even you know even in those circles were like well you should start selling but like they very quickly realized that like that's not it's it just feasible compared to like your normal job where you're like making yeah. like real money and not yeah. just like losing yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I try to like think about my knitting friends when I'm like, well, this should make money because I'm spending time on it or I'm putting resources. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm maybe even buying a service for it. So I should therefore make money. It's like, well, knitters lose a lot of money. Like any craft person, loses in quotes for the people who are not watching this in quotes yeah. but but you know that's a hobby and if you go horseback riding nobody will tell you that you're like losing money <laughs> when you're like buying stuff for your horse yeah but it's just because yeah. that is like so far away from being something you can monetize like nobody expects mm -hmm. you to become like a show jumper if you start horseback riding at 40 like that's <laughs> that's just not it's just not even what? why not <laughs> not even on the radar <laughs> or like me that i started ballet like nobody's going to be like how are you going to monetize it are you going to start <laughs> performing on stage <laughs> <laughs> it's just so far <laughs> we have lost her we lost her uh, no it's going downhill from here for sure <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> yep. You were saying we were on time. <laughs> we're on time? What? Are we are? Or I don't know. I think like... Ryan was like trying to say like it's <laughs> Oh, no, I mean I'm no. I'm good. I just want to I just I don't know like how uh how you guys have been running these things. So. <laughs> this is for sure one of the longer episodes lately, but Get I it. don't I don't yeah. mind. I feel like it's uh it's good. been good. Yeah. So the only one thing I want to say, and I don't want to put more pressure on you, but I was kind of hoping to eventually have a copy of Backpack on my bookshelf as well. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can yeah. figure out a way to make that work, that would <laughs> be cool. I'm happy to pay whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to be able to tell, like, that's that's the thing my, my co-host, my friend built or yeah. designed or whatever created. Cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> yes. That's, that would be the in-between of, uh, of what we have now and actually kickstarting it is just, and it's collector's <laughs> edition, something like collector's that. edition handcrafted. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Every single well, piece is hand milled. Yeah. Yeah. True. As a gift. Yep. Yep, yep. I'd be willing to pay, so it doesn't even have to be a gift. Um, mm. But anyways, uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we should just wrap it. Or is there anything else we want to talk about? Oh no! Thanks, thank you so much. It was great to it was great to catch up. Let's let's not wait two years. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we would love to have you more. Again. On more regularly uh, now that you're working on Joblens, because like this yeah. is the you know that this is where the conversation is more fun is like when you are like in in building mode and not in like maintenance mode. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. No, that uh, yeah. What, as I have as I have regular as I have like notable updates, that would be that would be awesome. That mm -hmm. would make a lot of sense. That'd be very very cool. Fun. Cool. I'm looking forward to that because I feel like yeah. the. 
with the three of us on, this is more fun than with just the two of us who have been just doing updates on the same things. <laughs> wow. I mean, don't want to downplay like our conversations. That's oh, awesome. for sure. I mean, multiple voices are always good. Yes, absolutely. Well, for sure. I guess we'll see you around the interwebs. You'll pretty much just, only see me on LinkedIn. I, I was about to I say, am, not on, yeah. not, not on Twitter anymore. No, you're not gonna, uh, I don't think you'll see okay. me much. Any, no, we'll we'll link to the book we'll that you mentioned, the album that you mentioned, Job Lens, and your LinkedIn in the description. Yes, perfect. perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Cool. All right, you guys. Great to catch up. Yeah, it was fun to have you on. Thank you.